Hey, Drew Dixon here, um, back with you for another Bible Thump, and I want to acknowledge something kind of funny that we're doing, and that's that we're really looking, we're going to start looking at Easter stories, and we're nowhere near Easter, uh, but that's okay, because um, Christmas is sort of around the corner, so <laughs> maybe that makes sense, um, but yeah, welcome to Bible Thump, I'm Drew Dixon, I am the the chief content nerd at Love Thy Nerd, and um, typically the one that uh, brings these thoughts from the Bible to you. And so last week, uh, Matt filled in for me. Thank you, Matt, for doing that. I was at Gen Con, uh, but back with you in the Gospel of Mark. And I'm really excited because um, this is another weird story. Um, that's sort of been a theme, I think, of, of hey, oh, who, there's weird stories in the Bible. Uh, there's a lot of weird stories in the Gospel. There's a lot of beautiful stories in the Gospel. Um, a lot of uh, powerful stories of healing and hope and forgiveness and um, and teaching, radical um, countercultural teaching that's super life-giving and meaningful. But this is a moment in the Gospels that would have been, I think, to most readers, original readers, a really big deal. The event that we're going to look at in the story was also a super big deal and represented sort of like a key moment in the life of Jesus, and in the life of followers of Jesus. Like, if you were a follower of Jesus in the first century, um, especially during this time, like, this was a big deal. Jesus arriving in Jerusalem, the center of Jewish religion, the center of Jewish um, authority and government, right? Uh, this is where Solomon's temple was. This is where the Ark of the Covenant was, where God's presence was believed to preside. This is where, um, when when David was on the throne, this is where he led from. This is where Solomon's grand temple was. Uh, I'm sorry, grand palace was. Um, this was, this was, this was it. This was the the place. And so, if you were, if you were a Jew in Jesus' day, uh, following him, and you heard all this teaching over and over again about the kingdom of God coming. And, and Jesus said thing, things like the kingdom of God is here. It's at hand. It's among you. And so if you heard that kind of teaching and you heard his parables about the kingdom, you're thinking, okay, when is Jesus going to arrive in Jerusalem? When's he going to ride into the city and, and, and begin to take over and begin to establish his reign and rule? Um, because if it's here, then, then he's got to go to Jerusalem. So let's see what Jesus does in Jerusalem. Let's see how he arrives. And I think we'll, we'll unpack a lot and maybe, um, I think, uh, unpack a really profound and important question for us in our faith today. All right, so Mark chapter 11, starting in verse 1. I'm going to read the first 11 verses. When they approached Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and told them, Go into the village ahead of you. As soon as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here right away. So they went and found a colt outside in the street, tied by a door. They untied it, and some of those standing there said to them, What are you doing, untying the colt? They answered them, Just as Jesus had said, and so they let them go. They brought the colt, uh, the donkey, to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their clothes on the road, and others spread leafy branches cut from the fields. Those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And he went to Jer into Jerusalem and into the temple. 
So Jesus is finally there. He's finally at the temple. And here's what he does. You ready for this really profound moment? Jesus is here. He's in Jerusalem. Like, finally, right? And look what he does. After looking around at everything, since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the 12. So he just walks in, looks around. He's like, man, look at the time, guys. I got to peace out. (laughs) And he goes. Um, So it's a little anticlimactic. But Jesus is about to do some things with regard to the temple. Like, he's about to curse this fig tree, which I think has something to do with the temple. And he's about to cleanse the temple, too, which was a profound act of judgment on the temple. So know this, like, the stories we're about to look at are going to indicate that Jesus wasn't super happy with the current condition of religion in Jerusalem, wasn't happy with the way the temple was operating, um, wasn't happy with the way people, I think, tied to all that is the way people are relating to God. Because what is the temple other than a place people go for forgiveness? A place people go to commune with God, um, to seek healing and forgiveness, and to seek a relationship with God. And so Jesus is saying there's something broken and wrong about the current state of relation. I think that's what he's saying when he cleanses the temple and when he curses this fig tree. But we'll talk about that more later. Uh, for now, um, I want you to see how profound this moment is and how um, weird or maybe like just anticlimactic Jesus it is for Jesus to walk into the temple and then just leave. Um, but also like I think there's some real um, contrast here uh, with maybe what we think of of how someone should enter the place where they're going to reign and rule. Like when a leader steps up to to the plate to lead a country or or even a CEO steps up to lead an organization. When there's a new CEO, what do we do? We roll out the red carpet. A CEO of a new of a big new company, it's there's headlines, we invite the press, everyone's lining up to ask questions, right? Um, we're releasing information to the press so that they'll write articles about it. Um, you know, we're 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 re, you know, cutting re, red ribbons and putting out the red carpet, throwing a party. This is a big deal because there's a new CEO of Amazon or whatever. Um, or, or think about, um, I mean, think about like the inauguration of a new president in our country. It's a big deal. There's a huge ceremony. We're, we're, we're thinking about every detail, who's going to speak, who's going to pray, who's going to, um, you know, uh, introduce the president. Um, it's a big, it's a, it's a, it's a really big deal. Um, and Jesus, uh, goes into Jerusalem in a pretty unique way. Think about it this way. Um, If you're on Instagram or um, TikTok or even like Twitch, um, what do the best streamers, the best TikTokers, um, the influencers on Instagram, what do they do? They are curating themselves constantly. And we, we all follow suit. Like you don't, we do the same thing. Like they put on their best clothes or not necessarily the best clothes, but like whatever's going to make them look cool and whatever's going to make them look like they fit in. And their background for Twitch, you want it to like, it's got to be better than this, right? Um, but I even do this too. Like I try to tidy up back there a little bit <laughs> before I record these videos. I clearly don't do a great job. I, I get that it's lacking. I need some LTN swag. Um, I've got some of my lanyards up here. I had to figure out which way direction that was. I've got some stuff. I've got Goku up there. You can see him. Beep, beep, beep. There we go. <laughs> up there. There's Goku. So I've got some nerd stuff, but not much. There's some board games back there. Um, I need to work on my space. I get it, okay? But um, we think about how we present ourselves 
Um, and this is like all over Instagram. You, you, you search on Instagram for anyone of import on there and like every picture is perfect and they're always in cool places. They're always traveling cooler places than you get to travel or that I get to travel. They're living their best life, right? We want people to think that we're living our best life in the way I, I do it too. Listen, I do it too. Um, Jesus, on the other hand, specifically tells his disciples, go find me a cult. What would we expect Jesus to enter Jerusalem on? Like a stallion or a chariot or some kind of clearly royal royal animal. But he goes on the colt, the colt of a donkey, um, not, not a war horse to take over uh, Rome, right? Um, we would expect maybe too... If Jesus really is the king, like he claims to be, and he's, and by the way, like people are calling him king. That's what Hosanna is about. That's what the palm branches are about. That's what throwing cloaks on the ground are about. The people don't have red carpet to roll out. They're poor. They're, they're, they're living in exile. So they don't have red carpet to roll out. So they, what do they do? They, they make a red carpet of their own. They make a red carpet for Jesus, the king to come in on from the, the coats off their back. Um, and like, remember, this is a desert area. Um, you know, there are palm trees in Jerusalem, but not a ton. It's still a desert area. Um, but they're going and searching for whatever palm trees they can find and cutting branches down because that was a, that was, a, that was what you did for Kings as you waved palm branches and you threw them on the ground and you said things like Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, which Hosanna, by the way, is just an expression of adoration and praise. Um, they're praising and, and adoring Jesus, their king. They're essentially saying, welcome to the kingdom of our father, David. They're quoting the Psalms. They're singing Psalms of praise. They're praying. They're shouting. They're jacked up. They're super excited for the arrival of their king. But it's not anything fancy. It's cloaks off her back. It's palm branches. It's whatever you can throw on the ground. Um, it's a makeshift inauguration for a makeshift people living in exile. It's a makeshift welcome. It, it's, it's what you can do when you're living in that kind of situation. And Jesus totally embraces it. I think that's a cool, I think it's important for us to recognize. He's going to cast judgment on the temple pretty soon, but I, I want you to see that he never stops and says, hey, you've got my kingdom wrong, or hey, that's not good enough give me a red carpet, or hey, um, I'm not the kind of king that you think I am, even though like that's been the focus of his preaching for a while now, is that he's been telling his disciples, look, I'm not the kind of king you think I am. I'm going to Jerusalem to suffer and die. Um, but he doesn't correct anyone here. He just embraces their reception of him as king. He's like, yeah, that's me. But then he turns around and goes home. Why? Um, I think it's because, again, it's that theme of he's not the kind of king that we might think he is. And his kingdom is far more profound than we might think it is. Um, that's not to say it's not a physical kingdom, that it's just a spiritual kingdom. I, don't, I think it's both. I think it's both a spiritual and a physical kingdom. Um, and we'll talk more about that as we progress through Mark. But um, there, people are excited. I think that's an a lesson for us here is to sort of ask ourselves, are we excited about the arrival of Jesus um, in our lives, in our hearts, in our families, in our relationships? Are we excited for Jesus to step into these spaces 
and begin to 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 shape them and to begin to order them around around his his kingdom his desires for us are we excited for Jesus to come to come um are we ready i think there's another question this brings up is are we ready to put our property at Jesus's disposal what do we have on our backs what do we have in our homes what do we have in our lives what do we possess that we can throw on the ground so Jesus can walk in as king um what is the equivalent of our coats, of the coats off our back, or the branches nearby our house? The things that are kind of rare, um, or the things that mean a lot to us, that we can say, Jesus, this, this is yours. It's yours. Do with it what you will. So maybe we should be asking that about some things that I think are like dear to us. Um, what does it look like to say, Jesus, my family, my family is yours. My kids or yours. I want to raise them in a way that honors you and that points people to you and that that just relies on you. What does it look like to give our jobs, our occupations? I'm not saying that that you need to go to work and like see your work as unimportant other than just to tell people about Jesus, um, that your only job is to go to whatever job you do and, and proclaim the gospel. Um, it's wonderful to try to proclaim the gospel to your coworkers. Please hear me say that, but but how can you work with excellence? How can you work in a way um, that would demonstrate? How can you um, embody the work that God's given you to do in a way that points people to Jesus, that says, Jesus, you're king, this is yours. Whatever money you have, um, whatever relationships you have with your neighbor, how can you love and serve your neighbors in your neighborhood, at your home, your local game store, uh, your game night, coaching, sports, uh, whatever it is that you do. Um, how can you embody, the, how can you live out the kingdom of God in those spaces? How can you embody the love of Jesus in these spaces that God has placed you? How can you demonstrate that Jesus is king? Live like you serve King Jesus in these spaces. And what can you give? What's the equivalent of the coat off your back that you can give um, to welcome the king? That's what the story is all about. It's really good news because he is a far better king than me, than you, than anyone else we might want to exalt. He is a far, far better king. And serving him... Uh, and loving and serving him by loving and serving the people around us welcomes his king his kingdom in embraces him as king extends his kingdom further into the world um, so thanks for your time uh, i can't wait to talk to you again next week for another bible thumb <laughs>